It's a Thursday, meaning you guys get to power the show on today's show, a mailbag edition. We'll get to your guys' answers and questions. We'll also talk about what's going on with BYU football amidst their bye week. What do they need to do most to make sure they finish off the season with a flourish? We've got all of that ahead on today's show. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Always appreciate you checking out the show. We are very proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and we are your only daily podcast focused on all things BYU. Goal here, simply stated, make you the smartest BYU fans in the room. So thank you once again for making some time in your day to join us here. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Upside. Download the free Upside app and use the promo code LOCKED to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. I'll tell you a little bit more about them as today's show progresses. All right, uh, we're going to get to your guys' questions here in a little bit. Also got some news and notes to catch up on around BYU. It's been a slow week, obviously, with BYU football on their bye week. Players and coaches are officially off for the weekend beginning today, Thursday. Uh, extended time off for them this weekend and frankly, well-deserved. Uh, honestly, the fact that they have been through 10 straight weeks of football, I don't care the record. That's an absolutely brutal stretch that they have endured, so I uh, hope they can get the rest and relaxation they're looking for. Also get some work in as well, because I'm sure plenty of them will be watching film, hitting the weight room, doing rehab, whatever it might be, to make sure they're ready to go for the final two games of this season. Now, I wanted to talk a little bit at the bye week for BYU uh, with regards to what they need to do to finish off this season with a flourish. I, I think, number one, if you want to have this season play out the the I saying the way that they wanted it to, it's that's not, not this season hasn't played out how they wanted it to. They wanted to have another double-digit win season. They wanted to be 30-plus wins over the uh, three seasons leading into the Big 12. Well, as such, the highest they can go if they were to win out, meaning if they beat Utah Tech, they beat Stanford, and they also go play in a bowl game and win that game, they're going to finish 8-5. and five. But the biggest thing is BYU can finish this season with a lot, a lot of positive momentum going in to the Big 12 next year, but you got to go handle your business. And that that's the thing about this is BYU right now, I think that bounce back win against Boise State has put the wind back into their sails. Uh, just the the vibe around the program, I have not been around it as much over the past week or so due to an illness, but the vibe I'm getting from players and coaches that have had a chance to interact with and those who are more connected to the program than myself is that they are back feeling like, okay, we're back doing what we're supposed to do. That that win over Boise State validated, I thought, of the, a lot of the, the changes that BYU underwent over the past month or so, it really validated all the work that they had done. And that's the thing about this, is this BYU football program, they have undergone a little bit of a metamorphosis, especially on the defensive side of the football. Uh, I went back and rewatched uh, most of the Boise State game. I'm not going to do a full film re- review for you guys because uh, I, don't, I don't necessarily know that if you guys are necessarily looking for that at this point. And if you are, I'd love to hear from you. If you want to reach out on social media, like more of my thoughts on my film review of that game. The, the one thing I, I will point 
point to is that BYU football, the defense in particular, has undergone a transformation here in the past two weeks. Kalani Satake is officially in charge of this BYU defense. I, I don't have really any way to explain it other than it has been a full scheme rebuild on the fly for BYU. That's the one thing about this week with the bye week is the BYU under Kalani Satake on their defense can really start to say, okay, here is what we're doing and here's why. A lot of guys will obviously question, okay, what, what the scheme was asking us to do this. Why are you asking us to do it this way now? And that's a, that's a tough question as a coach to really get through to your guys at times. But BYU, I think this week was something they probably could have used, especially Especially when Kalani Sitake took over the BYU defense. But I can tell you, that game against Boise State, if the BYU defensive players were not believers in the scheme that Kalani Sitake is implementing and or running for the BYU football program right now, that Boise State game alone should lead them to think, okay, Coach knows what he's doing. We need to buy in on this. This needs to be how we go about our business because it was a validating moment, I think, for Kalani Sitake to go out there and have his defense play the way that they did. Did they play perfectly? Absolutely not. It was not, by any means, a perfect defensive outing. But relative to some of the other defensive outings we have seen from this program in the succeeding, the preceding eight games this season leading up, I'm talking about, obviously, the last two versus the the eight before it is that BYU's defense looked far more cohesive in terms of understanding where they needed to be, when they needed to be there, and how to go about defending properly. There have been too many times this year that BYU has looked like they have been just completely out of sorts. They have not been uh, schemed the right way to be able to defend properly. And frankly, a lot of guys were... (sighs) How, how do I say it? They were they were kind of being mavericks in, in a way. They were going out and doing their thing. They're trying to make a play their, themselves. Football more and more. The the deeper you go into it, it's truly a team game. It requires all eleven guys on the field at any given time to do their jobs to the best of their ability to have overall success. You can have one or two players that are transcendent stars, and every so often, yeah, they will go in free free uh, freestyle. It's probably the right term to use. They'll freestyle and they'll make a great individual play. That that happens. Think about the years of like Kyle Van Noy, even Spencer Hadley at times, uh, the Brian Kills of the world. There have been a lot of guys in the past 10 to 15 years who have been very, very good individual players and have made starring plays when called upon. But more often than not, those guys will play within the scheme, within what they're asked to do in the defensive alignment and understand that, hey, I don't need to be out there uh, freestyling every single play. That that's what it felt like a lot of times for BYU earlier on this season is guys felt far too often, or at least appeared to be far too often, doing their thing and saying, I'm going to go, I'm going to make this play. I'm, and that got BYU's defense in a bad spot. I think a lot of what we saw against Boise State is all 11 guys understanding what they're supposed to do, why they're supposed to do it, and then they went out there and executed that execution, obviously, we talk all the time, we hear from the coach, we need to be executing better. Well, unless you can ultimately execute what you've been asked to do, you're not going to get the results you're looking for. But I, I think we're starting to see 
bit by bit. And it's not going to be a finished product. I I don't know how long Kalani Satake plans uh, to continue to run this defense. He's probably going to hire a new defensive coordinator in the offseason. I am fully expecting that. I'm expecting turnover on the defensive side of the football, especially amongst that coaching staff. But does he continue to say, you know what, we're going to implement my my scheme. You're coming in here as the defensive coordinator, but this is what we're doing. Work your your magic around when we do scheme-wise, or is he going to give them carte blanche to implement what they want to do? I would hope it's more of the former where Kalani says, okay, uh, here's what we're doing. This is what we've implemented. Can you go about building this and doing it the way we want to? That's, I would hope that's how it, how it plays out. But if Kalani trusts a guy wholeheartedly and implicitly, he'll give him, I, I would imagine, a blank canvas and say, you know what? Go out there and do your thing. Uh, he gave the current defensive staff seven years to do what they could do, and winning cur- uh, covered up a lot of the stuff over the past two years. There were cracks in that defensive alignment, the scheme, the the foundation of it all, and the winning over the two years previous to 2022 well, it papered over a lot of that stuff. This year came home to roost, and it's going to cause a shakeup on that coaching staff, as it should, and I think Kalani Sitake right now, he's got this defense believing in itself once again. I, I think anybody who watched any of those games, especially against Liberty and Arkansas, saw a defense that was completely defeated. They were demoralized, they were done, they were cooked, and they they just they needed somebody to come in and give them a little boost of energy, and I think that's what Kalani Sitake has offered to this group. Now, a couple more thoughts on that. We also need to get your guys' questions. We'll get to all that here in just a moment. First, a word on one of our great friends over at Upside. Of course, inflation has all of us think about ways to cut back. All of us are trying to save money on gas, whether you're trying to save money food-wise, uh, you're not eating out as much. No matter what it is, whether it's driving less, dining out less, buying less from the grocery store, we can all agree it's nothing fun about less. That's why I would encourage you guys to do like I have done and start using Upside. Upside is an incredible app for anybody who buys gas, groceries, or dines out. With Upside, I don't have to cut back because they get cash back on every purchase. To get started, all you got to do is go download the free Upside app. Use the promo code LOCKED, that's simple to remember, L-O-C-K-E-D, and get $5 more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Next, claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside, check in at the business, pay as usual with a credit or debit card, and you get paid. In comparison to credit card rewards or loyalty programs, you're going to have to three times more cash back with Upside. The best part is Upside earners are, excuse me, Upside users are earning more than a million dollars every week in cash back. That's probably why they have a 4.8 star rating on the app store. So once again, download the free Upside app right now. Use the promo code LOCKED to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using the promo code LOCKED on the free Upside app. All right, my friends, let's answer your guys' questions. But a quick reminder for you guys to make sure you check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. From the games that matter to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only the Locked On Podcast Network can provide with the Locked On Sports Today podcast. It is available on this app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, I had a couple of questions sent in via email. A couple of you also DMing me on uh, Twitter. We'll get to as many of them as we can on today's show. I think we'd have the time show to answer all of them. Uh, first one comes in by way of Ethan. He asked the question, Jake, what is the goal and the status of BYU's overall roster construction going into the Big 12? Uh, and that's a very generalized and v- a big question. But the more I thought about it, I think the question means more about, okay, after this season, what is BYU's roster going to look like football-wise going into the Big 12? Well, I, I, the more I think about that, I think that BYU right now is trying to, 
offload is probably the right term. They're trying to get themselves where they can get to building the rosters the way they think they need to build them going into the Big 12, but they need to get past the COVID era of athletes. And that's nothing against these athletes. Let me be very, very upfront about that. It's nothing against these young men and them uh, going out there and living their dreams playing football for BYU. It's nothing about that. It's more about the fact I think you're going to see, if if you go through the BYU roster right now, if you were to pull it up on BYUcougars.com or if you have one downloaded, if you were to search uh, by class, so you know, freshmen, sophomores, juniors, seniors, uh, you're going to see a lot of guys who have four and five years of experience who are either juniors or seniors on this year's roster. If they have that much experience and they are guys that have been through that COVID year, have that free year of eligibility, unless they are a too deep player, unless they are a player that is absolutely contributing at a meaningful level, that's a junior is what I'm meaning, I would anticipate anybody who has been through a COVID year and is a junior and or senior at this point, they're done after this year. I think you're going to see a mass roster overhaul for BYU. And it's like I said, it's nothing against these young men. They have put their heart and souls into playing the sport they love. They are living a lifelong dream that many of us would have loved to have accomplished. Trust me, I'm a guy who still is convinced in his mind that in his mid-30s, I can still go play college football if I really wanted to. And the reality is, no, you couldn't even do that when you're in your early 20s in the prime of your athletic career. So uh, the bigger thing is I, I think Kalani Satake and his staff understand that BYU, they've, they've had a lot of guys sticking around this program for quite some time, but the simple fact of the matter is it's clogged up their opportunities to turn over the roster and get talent into the program. They have a huge, and, I, and huge probably is re- relative, but they've got a very big uh, gray shirt class. Guys that have been sitting out this uh, this season getting ready to enroll in January. Well, in order to balance the roster and be able to keep that roster with the 85 scholarship players and the 105 walk-ons, etc. To make sure that stays balanced, you got to have guys going out. And they've had relatively few numbers of guys going out because guys have taken advantage of the extra eligibility afforded to them by the NCAA. I think this is the year that BYU sees that mass roster purge. And I, I that sounds so negative. I I, I get what, the way I'm, I'm, it sounds like almost like transactional, like, thank you for your time, but get out. I know that's the way it sounds, but in certain circumstances, that's kind of got to be the way it's got to go with BYU right now. They have to open up roster slots to get guys into the program. Younger, better talent that BYU thinks is going to be better for them in the long run in the Big 12, you've got to make the room for those athletes. And the only way you can do that is say, thank you for your service, but you, you've been here for four, five, and in some cases, six years. And most guys who have been six years are guys who obviously are going to exhaust their eligibility. Think of like Lopini Katoa and uh, Joe Tukuafu, et cetera. They'd be leaving regardless, but... You tell these young men, thank you for your time. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for being a part of this program. But it's time for you to move on. And I think there's going to be actually a lot of guys as well who see the writing on the wall. They, they've been playing college football for a long time. They've served missions for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. They're going to be older prospects as it is. And they may just realize, you know what? It's time for me to get out into the w- real world and uh, chase the dream in another facet. So uh, you're going to see, I think, a, a pretty big overhaul of this roster just simply due to a lot of guys uh, aging out of the program but also uh, there's there's the inevitable 
There's also going to be transfer portal. There's going to be guys who are deciding, you know what, I want to go find a greener pasture for myself to play. And some of the guys who have that extra eligibility remaining may decide they want to keep playing and may want to keep chasing the dream. And they may go into the transfer portal looking for another program to give them another year to play. So be it. But the biggest thing is BYU, you have to be very careful with the APR scores, the academic progress ratings. That's why a lot of these guys who are juniors and seniors, like I referenced, who have four or five years, in theory, they should have the degrees in hand. They should be done uh, in terms of doing their uh, contractual obligation with regards to their scholarships and getting their degrees. Once they have those degrees in hand, the most of them, if, if they're, like I said, if, if, you're, if they're one of those quote-unquote juniors who's not a two-deep player at this point, if you're Kalani Satake, say, thank you for your time. Thank you for your service. Thank you for being a part of the program. Thank you for building the culture, blah, 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 blah. But it's time for you to move on. You've got to turn it over. It's been it's been far too stagnant for too long for the BYU football program. And BYU is not the only one that has had this problem. I'll, let's also acknowledge that fact. Across, It was a blanket waiver given to every college football player across the country. A lot of guys hanging on, trying to chase the dream, and have been doing it for quite some time. But this could be, maybe this offseason is the one of real reckoning where you see just a mass uh, turnover with a lot of upperclassmen exiting programs be at BYU and nationwide with a young influx of talent coming in as well. And it, it may cause BYU to maybe have to take a little bit of a step back with regards to our uh, expectations to them in the Big 12 right off the bat. But the, the hope is that the younger, better talent in theory that BYU has recruited, once they get into the program, they get their chance to go out and show what they can do. They can be the... The pieces, the foundational pieces that build success for BYU relatively early on in their Big 12 membership. It's a crapshoot, honestly. It truly is a crapshoot because you got to have guys who develop uh, in the time frame you're expecting them to, that you de- that you hope that are the, the talent that they have shown on film and or in person to you as a, as a talent evaluator, whether you're a coach or a, a GA, whatever you might be within the BYU football program. You're betting. You're, you're placing a lot of money uh, figuratively on a lot of this young talent, but you got to do it. It had to happen at some point. And going into the Big 12, there's no time like the present for that to break up. Well, I did not mean to spend almost an entire segment talking about that, but I, I think it goes to the bigger point. Uh, one other quick question that we can fit in real quick here is one that was sent in on uh, YouTube. Todd Hillam sent this. If Aaron Roderick is insisting on running the ball up the middle on short yardage, why would you not put a, f- a lead fullback like Houston Haymuley or Mason Wake in to get some extra push? Well, Todd, I don't think you're alone in having that question because, uh, frankly, I've had that question myself. I would like to see Houston Haymuley be given an opportunity to be a lead blocker for BYU. He did it for years at Stanford. He, this is he is he was custom built. Uh, built, but he was like that's what his job was at Stanford. He was a lead blocker. He knows how to put his nose into the middle of that line, hit a linebacker, open a hole, and create some space for the running back to to go off of his rear end, whichever direction he ends up going, and give them that opportunity to get that first down. Why in the world would you not give it a shot if you're BYU? It, it, it does seem counterintuitive to everything that we have talked about over the past 10 games. The BYU's issues in fourth and short, the one and two yards, they they believe they can get that push, they can get that one or two yards, why not have that extra body on the field to give them that opportunity? Now, what I will acknowledge in that Boise State game, Mason Wake was in the game as an H-back and ended up uh, going and blocking on the backside of the play, but you can put you could you could get Houston Hay Muley and Mason Wake on the field together. It, it's not out of the realm of possibility. I know it would require you to take a wide receiver off the field. You know what? 
the the defense knows what you're doing. You're it's fourth and one. They know it's coming downhill. They know it's coming off right guard or left guard. Or you're running power. They 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 know it's going to be a running play more often than not. Why would you not try and give yourselves the numbers advantage you need to go out and have that success? I'd like to see it. Maybe we will. Maybe at some point against Stanford of all teams, that would be the most ironic thing, that Houston Hamuley came comes in in a critical moment, fourth and inches, BYU needs a first down, critical cr- distance, critical down. They, they need it. And here comes number 35, Houston Hamuley, downhill on a linebacker, blast the hole wide open, and whoever the running back is, Lopini Katoa, Chris Brooks, etc., is sprung for that first down, and all of Cougar Nation rejoices. I could see that playing out. It'd be... Takes 12 games to get there? Eh, I got a question about that, but hey, I'm not the one making the big bucks sitting in that chair trying to make that call. All right, so that, we'll get to some more of your questions as we go out the door here. Also, some other notes on BYU women's soccer uh, with regards to postseason honors. They begin their postseason uh, chase to make it back to the College Cup, if at all possible. They'll do that on their home field later this week. We'll get to all of those notes here momentarily. First, a word on our friends over at Bet Online. They are your number one source for all of your sports betting information, stats, news and analysis get all the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from football to basketball to soccer to esports they've got it all at bet online and if you love sports podcasts you can find those at bet online as well just like this show my friends it's a great way to do it we're always the fastest and the easiest way to get your betting fix in as well go to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more that's bet online where the game starts also brought to you today by our friends over at uccu they are offering a 15 month savings certificate with an incredibly high APY of 4.00%, my friends. You can jump up during that period of the 15 months to an even higher rate of return anytime during the life of your certificate. The goal here with these, by the way, you're probably wondering, okay, what's a savings certificate? What's a savings account, Jake? The good news is savings certificates are similar to a savings account. Both are great ways to earn a safe return on your money over time, but the big difference is savings accounts typically come with unlimited deposits and withdrawals, but a savings certificate, you make one deposit, you set the money aside, and then let your money grow and grow and grow with a fixed rate of return that is much higher than a standard savings account. The best part is, as mentioned, during the 15-month period, if interest rates continue to climb, and who, who's got any thought that they're not going to continue to climb, you can bump up that rate one time during that 15 months. The best part is that you can get the savings certificate started for as little as $500, making this an awesome opportunity for every type of saver, both big or small. So give it a shot, my friends. It's a great way to do it. I, I'm a guy, I've been banking with UCCU for years. It's a first-rate financial organization. I have absolutely loved my time working with them. I would not take my business anywhere else. I would encourage you guys to give it a shot as well. So go to uccu.com to learn more or to get your started on your savings certificate today. You also can call them or stop into any branch. They're all over Utah County, even into South Salt Lake County now. So give it a shot, my friends. It's UCCU Savings Certificate. 15 months with that APY of 4.00%. The best part, once again, they got a variety of term options to help match your specific needs. So stop in now and reach out to them. They'd love nothing more than to help you guys out. That's UCCU. Love where you bank. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Always appreciate you guys checking out the show. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about what's going on with BYU and their bowl projections. Now, the question came in via email uh, via Steve, and Steve said, Jake, I'm trying to get a sense for BYU might go bowling this year, and can you help me, essentially, can you help me answer what the options are for BYU? Well, Steve, uh, honestly, 
the options are that there are a bevy of options for BYU. They are, for lack of a better term, they are a bowl free agent this year. ESPN has contractually obligated to find a bowl game for the BYU football program in one of their contractually, uh, they, they, they sponsor, I think, 30 of the 41 bowl games or some such like that. And ESPN events, uh, who actually run a lot of those bowl games, have like 16 of them that BYU, in theory, could be assigned to. Uh, I, I would imagine it's it's one of the lower end bowl games. If you look at most of these bowl projections, I pulled one up uh, on just on a whim from VanquishTheFoe.com. I believe it was Nick Lee, our good friend Nick, uh, wrote this. And he says that the current uh, projections have BYU and potentially the Lending Tree Bowl, the New Mexico Bowl, the Armed Forces Bowl, the Independence Bowl, First Responders Bowl. They go back to the Independence Bowl. I'm boycotting. I, 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 I will not. I will not watch BYU play in that Independence Bowl. I was an absolute garbage, garbage uh, environment. And BYU should refuse. I, honestly, if they were to get sent back to the Independence Bowl, if I'm BYU, I'd tell I'd tell ESPN pound sand. We're not playing in that game. That's that's how much everybody I have talked to hated that bowl game. And so that one I'd probably say no to. Uh, first responder bowls also been mentioned here. The Birmingham Bowl as well as the Boca Raton Bowl out there. Now all of those games very much are in play because they're ESPN events contracted games playing all over the country. That, that a lot of them playing in the South. That's the good news is if BYU is going to go to a bowl game, my friends, I want it to be warm weather. Number one, send me somewhere warm. I don't want to go to Boise and the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. I want to be playing in 35 degree weather. Sorry, Boise, nothing against you guys. I don't want to go to your bowl game. I want to go play. Boca Raton, when BYU played there in 2020, it was 75 degrees at kickoff. It was absolutely lovely. I would love nothing more than something like that. Now, I had my own druthers with the Boca Raton Bowl in terms of how they handled the, the media side of things on that, but Send me somewhere warm. The one bowl game that also should keep an eye on, and I, it has not been mentioned here in these projections, is the Hawaii Bowl. Uh, it is a game that BYU has played in. It's obviously held on Christmas Eve. It's not necessarily the most uh, family-friendly in terms of taking your family and friends and going to the islands on Christmas Eve to watch BYU play. It's not necessarily the friendliest that way because that's a very very expensive time of year to be traveling to the islands, but that's one other bowl game to keep an eye on. So there are a bevy of options. Trust me. Like, that, I really like how Nick went about this because he covered like the athletic had their thing USA today. The, the, the depth and breadth of the different bowl games BYU could be playing. It's legit. They could be playing anywhere in the country. Like, like if you want my personal option, just give me somewhere warm. Send me to Florida, send me to Texas, southern Texas, ideally. I know that the heart of Dallas Bowl is not necessarily the warmest weather locale. But get me somewhere where the weather is going to be decent in theory and you can celebrate the holidays and bowl season the right way. That's what bowl games are meant to be. They're not meant to be games where it's 35 degrees and snowy out there. There are famous stories about when BYU played in the Motor City Bowl and was that 98 or 99? Uh, just put it this way. Norm Chow had some legendary legendary thoughts on playing that bowl game and said, I, I'd rather never go back uh, to a cold weather locale for a bowl game. I'd go to Hawaii. Uh, trust me, Hawaii is like my, my second home. I, I love that. But 
There are going to be options for BYU. The the good news is ESPN will find a spot for them. Uh, I think that their priority should be making sure it's a warm warm weather location, but also a location that BYU fans can get to relatively easily. Uh, I know that playing in the Lending Tree Bowl, I don't even know where the Lending Tree Bowl is played, frankly, but getting to the Birmingham Bowl, Birmingham, Alabama, not necessarily the most convenient place to get to, but you can get to places. That's, that's the biggest thing is giving, B, giving BYU fans the options to travel. Because I know Cougar Nation, y'all show up to everything. And even if it were the Independence Bowl, I'm sure BYU fans would show up. I just, man, I cannot. The, the way that game was handled, the way it was played out, I would absolutely say no thanks, thanks, but no thanks. We're not playing in that game. You can find us another game, but we ain't going there. All right, so uh, there you go. A couple of thoughts on the bowl season. Uh, just real quick before we go here, I wanted to say congratulations to seven members of the BYU Women's Soccer Program. Uh, they have earned all WCC honors. West Coast Conference coaches voted BYU Junior Defender Leveni Vaca the West Coast Conference Defensive Player of the Year, as well as Junior Midfielder Jamie Shepard as the Midfielder of the Year. Congratulations to the two of them. They were two of three Cougars named to the all WCC first team joining uh, forward standout Brecken Mozingo on that team. Juniors Olivia Smith and Olivia Wade also received second team honors, and then freshman Ali, uh, excuse me, Ali Fryer and Izzy Stratton were named to the All WCC freshman team. So congratulations to all seven Cougars. That's a fantastic honor for them. They will be back in action on Saturday as host UVU in the first round of the NCAA tournament at Southfield. It's a six o'clock start. It'll be on ESPN Plus, also on the BYU Radio Network. But I would imagine that BYU should be able to win that one. I know UVU and BYU, I think, believe they uh, had a draw earlier this year. So should be a decent rematch in the NCAA tournament. But BYU made the run to the College Cup last year. Looking to do that again this year. Well, it starts Saturday against the Wolverines. All right, so there you go. That is today's show. A huge thank you for your guys' questions. As always, you can send them in anytime via social media, Locked On Cougars on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Love nothing more for you guys to weigh in that way. And also make sure that you guys... Uh, email the show if you have any questions comments concerns whatever you got locked on byu at gmail.com is the email address now uh, i also need to real quick clarify we have passed the 2000 subscriber plateau on youtube so big thank you to all of you for your support in that venture got some giveaway notes i'll get to you guys on tomorrow's show i'm just finalizing up a couple of details we'll get those for you guys on the friday edition of the show and tomorrow on the show we get ready for byu and san diego state and hoops can byu pull off a stunner down there on the montezuma mesa we'll preview that on tomorrow's show and obviously uh, get you ready for the weekend without byu football. We'll cover everything else going on in BYU sports without that uh, happening this weekend. So that's going to do it for today's show. A big thank you once again for making us your first listen of the day. Always appreciate you guys' support. Go out and uh, support the Locked On Big 12 podcast. Make that your second listen on uh, today's show or on your docket today. It's a great podcast getting you up to speed on everything going on in the Big 12 conference. Josh Neighbors does a fantastic job with that one. Get it free and available on YouTube or also wherever you get your podcasts just like this show. That'll do it for myself. Thanks again again for your support. As always, have a great rest of your day. This has been the Locked on Cougars podcast. See ya.